From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Howdy ho, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Girl That's Scary. It's your girl, Cat Daddy. And Jazz, 40 ounce connoisseur. And we are pulling up on y'all with a super kawaii cool fun episode. It's a Patreon pick episode. So if you are on our Patreon, you get the chance to like vote and figure out, you know, we'll basically decide what the fuck we're watching. So shout out to y'all for this. Yeehaw, because I have not watched this movie since we did the Hulu Into the Dark, honestly. Because we do have an episode of the Hulu Into the Dark. We are covering Puka and Puka Lives. Exclamation Puka me. Puka, you. Just Pat is crumping in the fucking camera, and I need y'all to know that she is dancing like it's Fat Man Scoop Crooklyn Can. I <laughs> cannot stand you. <laughs> Are you to Can, whatever I say, y'all gotta do. Whatever I say, y'all gotta do. <laughs> I want you to hear my hands move I know they can hear your hands moving. The <laughs> wind coming from your hands. <laughs> This That's bitch dancing alongside of Mario. <laughs> Touch. <laughs> I be doing a little moves too, but a little chest be popping. I just be wanting to pop my chest when they sing the song because it's really creepy, but it's fun, but it's creepy. And before we started recording, Jazz and I were talking about how I would own a puka doll and Jazz is like, girl, get the fuck. So no, thank that's where you. we are right now. Yeah, I'll take a Benny doll, but not the, the puka one that's got to go. But also I would have a Chucky doll. So there's that. I would absolutely have a good guy doll or the, you know, 
metal Chucky, what I would like to say with the open face and the staples and shit, I'd have either one. Um, So, you know, there's that. Mm -hmm. But uh, spoiler free, pretty much. And these are two, they are sequels, but these movies are completely fucking different. Mm -hmm. They're both on Hulu. Really good time. Hulu Into the Dark, if you have not visited that uh, series at all. It's it has some gems in there, and there's some movies that are they're pretty they're pretty okay. I haven't had any movies that I was like, wow, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I don't have any of those. Even if I don't like it, they're I feel like they're more mid than bad. Yeah, it's just it, I ultimately feeling like, woo, an hour and a half of my life is gone. But it wasn't like this is the worst shit I've ever seen. No, no, I don't think. I don't think anyone are like that. They're, most of them are at least a five out of ten. They're at least like a five. They're, they're all right. But there are some that are better than a five out of ten. I think this is one of them. I think this is one of them. And there's black leads in both movies. So check this out. Puka, the OG from 2018, follows this actor and he gets a job as a person in a puka suit and you follow him throughout that journey. All you need to know. And then when it comes to Puka Lives, a writer fucks with the wrong influencer and then they take a spin at the puka headquarters they spin a story and you see how the story starts to spin out of control literally that's it watch both of these movies i personally like puka lives a little bit better Mm -hmm. there's that yeah i I think both stories are pretty dark um puka lives a little bit lighter than puka if that makes sense but it's grand scale bedlam i don't know (laughs) Because it, it gets it gets really bad. What I will say about Puka, um, if you're already at this point, we're about to get into spoilers. Burr, 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 burr. Spoiler alert. Puka is like a psychological thriller. So you yes. might see it and think it's a creature feature, or you might think it's a demon, or you might think it's something else. But if you like psychological thrillers, twists, this will be more your bag. I personally am not a psychological thriller girl. I'm not. There are some that stand out to me that really fucking hit. But for me personally, I was a little disappointed, not because it's a bad movie. I just was like, oh, this is not my kind of subgenre. But the movie is good. I rated it, I think the first time, three out of five stars on Letterboxd. This time again, after I caught a few other things, it was 3.5. I don't like the movie that much, but it's still a pretty good movie with that budget. And for that idea, which I feel like is kind of, I don't want to say original, because how many movies have we seen where it's like, it was all in their head, they did this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, I can't say it's original or reinvented the wheel, but I do think it's a good form of the wheel. It got good trade yeah. on it. It'll get you where you need to go if you like a psychological thriller. So, I think that's a good time. The next one is, Who Lives is more of a topa situation. And if you don't know what a topa is, it's like you kind of create something and enough people believe in it and you give it energy. Almost like how Freddy Krueger... Like, if you don't mm-hmm. believe in him, he can't beat your ass. But if you believe in him, now he um going ham on his town. And <laughs> so it's like that. The more you believe, the more everybody gets into it. And it kind of has, you know, commentary on influencers or shit like that, which that has been going uh, going around a lot. Like, from, like, 2017 up to now, we have a lot of, like, influencer horror. Yeah. Whereas I am a person on the internet making videos and I'm about something's going to happen to me or I'm whatever. So you get that over there. Let's get into Puka. Let's get into it. Chest pop, chest pop. So Puka opens up with like flashing lights on the ground. And, you know, we already get introduced to some fun things. We see the little Puka sounds. We hear all the other Puka stuff. Um, but we essentially see the red and blue flashing on the ground. 
And then we hear this thing we hear a lot of times in this movie. Look at all the pretty lights. You hear Puka make like in a distorted voice saying this throughout the film. Sometimes you get a lady's voice kind of saying it throughout the film. But this is the first time we kind of hear it. And you can kind of see like whatever's going on. You're kind of low to a ground situation. You eventually see like a doll laying on the ground. And then you kind of figure out like, is this like a dream light state? You don't really know. Um, but then we get into our main character or the character that we're following for majority of the story. Wilson and we're watching him basically get this job at the puka place like he's going on like his audition he's living his life he's cranking it up um and he eventually gets this job where he is playing um a character inside of a suit and there's this hot dog out it's puka it's got big giant eyeballs that look like headlights it's kind of like a mouse rat character you don't really fucking know i think it's kind of cute because it looks a little random Everyone else, y'all can't see Jazz. She's shaking her head like, absolutely not. Um, but whatever, man. But when it's doing like, Puka's like, um, like a Sour Patch Kid. Like, first they're naughty and then they're nice. So when Pookie's being nice, there's Pookie. I'm crying. <laughs> when Puka, I want to call Pookie Puka. Okay, when Puka is nice, Puka has blue. Um, their eyes turn or kind of glow like a blue. A, a hue of blue. And then when they're being naughty, like the guy from Courage the Cowardly Dog, um, their eyes glow red. So please keep that in mind. We get those red and blue lights glowing in the middle. In the beginning of the movie, we see a lot of red and blue hues in the lighting in the movie in general. We actually get introduced to a character that lives in Wilson's building named Red. Um, and when they're walking down to their door, because we see this after we're going through Wilson's life, and, you know, he's going home and... Ooh, child, that's this. This is where we start to see like Wilson's life is not a normal life. Like it is a normal life on paper, but he starts to do some like peculiar things or how he sees like views and things switch back and forth. And you kind of start asking like little questions. So he goes to Red's house, which is down the hall, and they're kicking in. And they're having all kinds of conversations and they're um getting to know each other. And then after a while, he ends up going home. Because, you know, he's getting in the house where he starts having like little chest pains. It's getting all weird. And then he starts putting on that puka suit. Like outside the office, like because it's one thing to sign some papers so people don't know it's you in the puka suit. So you in this puka suit during the day and living your life at the workplace. But then he goes from like putting on the puka suit to like calm down his little anxiety attack he's having. But then when he puts the puka suit on, the music gets all weird because he's like, I'm just like in the suit now, and I'm like, okay. And then we start as a viewer start getting parts like. Clips of the movie where you're seeing, like, is Puka doing this shit by itself? Like, is the suit alive or is this dude in the suit? So they start playing with that a little bit. And I'm like, all right, here's where, like, the psychological part steps in. Like, what all is really happening and what all is not happening. And that's when you realize that shit's really going to hit the fan real soon. Especially when you introduce the character male and Ty. Listen, and I want to take one step back. The, uh, the interview... You know how actors go on the audition, right? So they go, and he's about to do this monologue, and he gets two lines to the monologue, and like, ah, that's enough. Um, can you raise your arms? Thank you. Now put them like a pyramid. Now out like an offering. Now fly like a plane. Spin around. Thanks. Okay. Um. Mm, yep. That that's the guy. The other dude's like, yeah, that's the guy. He's like, bro, what do you what do you mean? And I'm like, I am screaming. Why you make him do this real ritualistic shit to get this job? And I'm like, you know what? I would have just had to say, you know what, I'm just going to have to uh, or be a tater's girl, like a starry eyes or something, because I can't do this. This is out of control. I feel weird, but he doesn't. As Kat said, he is in the suit. He starts becoming one with the suit. Like, Wilson 
we see him go from like, the camera does like weird trick things, right? There's a part where he's kind of like near the suit and he's looking at the suit. And the next thing you know, like this is a little bit further into the movie when shit starts to go like haywire a little bit. You can see the characters kind of slip in with air quotes, but he puts on the suit and then he's like in the house with the suit on. They just cooling. And next thing you know, he's like doing some other shit, but then the camera flashes back because you hear some shit happening with the neighbor. And now all of a sudden, like, he's like, ah, he's like freaked out. And then the suit is on the bed. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. But you see different stuff like that. And that's when you kind of know, okay. Or after a couple of viewings, if you don't catch it after the first time, you start to piece together. Okay, so especially the, the character is as outside of themselves. Because there's part where you see Puka or Wilson in the Puka suit doing X, Y, Z. But then you'll see Wilson walk back into a room dressed regularly and the puka suit is sitting by itself. So Wilson is seeing himself in these situations, but seeing himself outside of these situations, if that makes sense. Especially when you start to bring in more horrific aspects of people being injured. Like you hear the neighbors screaming. You start seeing, um, hearing people like he's, there's a scene where Wilson is in Red's apartment a little bit towards the middle end of the movie. And you hear like thudding from end of the hall. And Wilson's like, hold on, let me go ahead and pause this conversation and he goes into his apartment and all you hear is do 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 and the, you walk in and you see the puka is like punching the wall like going hamtaro punching like boxing the closet and then eventually wilson looks down and this motherfucker's hands are red and swollen and i'm like see hold on now this is what the fuck we talk about and we see this shit in other aspects of the movie too like we introduced the character mel and how stuff may not always be the way it seems melanie let's back up a little bit Wilson is a fucking creep because he sought out Melody. Like, I don't care if he, like, thought she was cute on the internet or saw her, whatever, whatever. He went on there and Googled her motherfucking address at work and pulled up to her job. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm, red flag. Because he was looking at the... um he was looking at her and the dude he worked with was like, oh, you're scoring moms, which is something really weird because it's like you hear something about this. And like if y'all see the little monsters with Lupita, the dude who does like the teddy, he's like, oh, yeah, but they do stuff for kids. They'd be like, yeah, I'm going to talk to all the moms. I'm like, that's fucking just a little. I don't know. but I don't know, guys. This is your workplace, dude. Like, why are you doing that? But he gets the card. That's how he got the information. He was like, and not only did just find out the information, he could look for a home. He looked for the house that she was selling and acted like he was going to buy the motherfucking house. And then was like, oh, let me take you to dinner. You didn't want to buy no motherfucking house because you couldn't afford it. You just got this job. That is ghetto. You should have just went outside and said, no, well, you couldn't go outside. You had a puka suit on. But this mm. is too much. This is too it's much. Just- you can't be pulling up on people's jobs. It's, it's, mm-mm, mm-mm. the fact that he just randomly waltzed into this open house and it's just, I don't know. I don't know. And then you, you see that Wilson is portrayed as a character that seems to like have a lot of question marks going on. Like he's kind of seems to be in the loop, but seems to be aloof. But then as his character kind of like, you know, exposes himself a bit more, he's a bit controlling. He is scary. He has erratic behavior. Like, you know, he seems to get real skittish and real weird at certain ca- occasions. Like, it's weird. So, as the situation goes on with Melanie, like, we see him trying to connect with Melanie and her son, Ty. And, you know, they go on Christmas tree shopping and they take a picture of the Christmas tree. And, you know, uh, every once in a while, Wilson does, like, a really weird thing. And sometimes it's really small and people are brushing it off. But do you see it kind of escalate into, like, scary zone really fucking quickly? Um, especially when you arrive at the part where he's at the house. He's talking to Melanie and he starts raising his voice and she's like, okay, like before he starts yelling and they have like a little disagreement or a misunderstanding. And 
she acknowledges like, okay, like, you know, maybe this is where I couldn't really comprehend what you were trying to communicate. And then he doubles down, but is like barking at her while he's saying it. And she jumps back and then she tells him, okay, you need to leave. Ty come in the room. Ty got the tears coming down his eyes. And this is later towards the end of the movie, but you kind of see clips of this throughout the film. Like shit is not right. Like he's calling the phone and she's not talking to him anymore. Their relationship starts to get really weird. But also in my mind, if I'm watching the movie and I'm feeling like, okay, it's weird. It's weird in terms of how it's weird air quotes in terms of how it's playing out, because I feel like we're, we're processing through Wilson's thoughts. His thoughts aren't really that clear. They're kind of messed up. So this is how we're experiencing this, this as the viewer. The story doesn't really make sense because we're going through the thoughts in mind and, and journey through the actual character who we're following. And that child, that character, the way they're narrating this shit, it's flip-flop applesauce, bitch. You don't know what's going on. One minute he got the puka hat on, next minute he got on a chopper suit. Who knows? Chopper suit. Okay, yes. It's giving very much a... Uh... Not stream of consciousness, but very dreamlike. So the narrative, like, it's not like a straightforward narrative where this happens, this happens, this right. happens. You're not quite sure what's real, what's not real. And then his body in the suit, like I said earlier, is becoming one. So whatever the suit is doing, you're like, is he doing this or is he not doing this? And like Cass said, after they, they got beef and shit, before that, he running up to her house, dropping little presents off. He ain't recording, like apologies you're right i need to apologize and and even the apology sounded kind of fucking weird like he's trying to get her back but it's like I, this is i don't know i think you should leave the situation alone mr wilson but he's over here dropping shit off and in this scene he's hiding in behind the tree in the puka suit bruh out in public broad daylight and she see his ass behind the puka suit and somebody walk past and they say something to him and he pushed them and the dude start whooping his ass on the street. He hits him in the puka head and the little eyelids pop off and roll down the street and shit. I was like, oh no, this is disrespectful. Then they leave him on the ground and beat the hell out of him and take his helmet and walk away with it. He out on the street crying and shit. Then Mel Melody is outside looking at him like mm, disgusted because she does not <laughs> let him in. She's no. like, girl, what the fuck is it? You look dirty. You sneaking up on me. You're spying on me. You're outside watching my house. You're pushing my neighbors. Like, what What are you in here doing? Because the neighbor, other neighbors are outside looking like, what the fuck is going on? Why is Puka in the street fighting and shit? What is this? What's going on here? Um, there's also another situation where he popped in on a neighbor, right? You said he, you, you hear, hear the noises next door. He goes next door and she's okay. But then like another time he see her and her ass is face down. Literally, like she had fell out of the window, and he's mm -hmm. like, "She didn't do this." She and the cops say, "I feel like I'm looking at the person who did this." I'm like, "Ha ha ha!" Double on Andre, um, <laughs> because he's right there. Clearly, you're, you're you're the person who did this. Because guess what? Ha ha ha! This is in your brain. Because he does. After you see that thing where he smashes the Christmas tree and everything, and he's mad at it. And I feel like that's why he sees the Christmas tree laying down oozing. Like, he sees mm -hmm. all these, like, visions, like, nightmarish visions. Because Puka's fucking scary, especially when Puka's on fire. He got the fire in his eyes. He got the black sludge coming out his mouth and shit. I'm like, the cat's smiling. This shit is not fucking cute. Uh-uh. She's like, I can still have a Puka. No, no, thank you. No, sorry, Bob. I was like, this is scary as fuck. Because you get to the end and realize that... He's seeing all of this stuff because he was in the car with Melanie, probably yelling at her, 
And they were probably going to get that second tree. And he probably bullied her into going and everybody in the car. And he crashed the fucking car because yep. his anger got the best of him. And not only did he crash the car and kill Melanie and Ty, he also killed Red because she don't get a real name because he don't know her name because he killed her before he really met. He just saw her and her hair was red. And then yep. the little puka doll is laying on the ground talking about all the pretty lights. So I think that's the last thing. Was it Ty said or Melanie? This last thing Melanie said. Mm-hmm. Just look at all the pretty lights. And it's like uh, all gurgled and disgruntled. Because in the, um, I guess it's a dream state because the rest of the movie is not really what happened. He's created something in his brain. You see the the puka doll is like hot shit. Everybody buying They sold out. Everybody want the puka doll. And then all of a sudden all the puka dolls malfunctioning, which is also another funny scene because... Why the fuck the father up here? Somebody's daddy. Yeah, but I got my money back, sure. But I want my time back. And everybody starts punching the puka dolls out. Like, they are stomping the little puka dolls outside, bitch. I was like, now this is out of control. Y'all are cutting up for Channel News 6. Why? That was such a campy fun scene. I was tickled. It was funny. Um, I don't know if they meant for it to be as funny as it was, but it was. Um... When we see Wilson try to process the fact that the puka shit is no more, and when he's handing over the suit, is he having that whole breakdown like, no, I need it, I need it. I said, oh, this is a lot, friend. This is a lot. Between that and when he has the follow-up conversation, which we now, of course, knows that is in his mind, to some degree, may or may not, did not happen. Because we don't, we know that he and Melanie, uh, Wilson and Melanie had a heated conversation, but we don't know to the fullest extent. So I'm assuming some of the conversation regarding um, Ty's dad is a real conversation because I don't, I feel like Ty is also, I feel like Wilson is not Ty's dad in the, in the real shit going on either. Um, Or like a stepdaddy. He's still just coming in trying to date Melanie and figure this shit out. Cause he's just calling, you know, Ty, Ty or whatever. Anyways, we makes a point about Ty's actual Ty's birth father. And how everybody knows something except for him. And Melanie's getting kind of scary. She's like, you know, and rightfully so. Like, mm, you got to get the fuck out of here. Like, he's never going to not be in his life. I was like, yeah, what kind of dumbass shit is this? Like, how do you just assume people are not well? How do you just like, I understand, like, you're trying to, I don't understand. Because you're trying to be controlling. And you're like, okay, well, how come his dad gets to be with him or do extra stuff with him? But I can't. And I'm like, because that's his dad? Like, you are I not don't, his father. You, you're just a boyfriend and you about to be nothing, bitch, because you're being weird. Um, So you're out here being weird. Everyone's scared of you. No one's excited. You fucked up the Christmas tree because you was showing your whole booty hole. And now everyone's sad because you ruined Christmas and you waste the money because Christmas trees are not cheap, bitch. They cost more the closer to Christmas hole unless it's the day before they really trying to get them things about the lot. But, um, you know, you're sitting up here sad and reminiscing over pictures that did or did not happen. Y'all hugging Christmas trees that ain't even there. Just for you, like Jazz said, to get into the car to go pick up the Christmas tree. You're absolutely right. Um, He's zoom zooming. He is literally racing down the road. I don't feel like Melanie and Ty had their seatbelts on. Like, I think they was just in the back of the car, bro. But it, it do not matter because not only do they get into a horrific accident and there are multiple people who are injured, the car blows up. So there's no way in hell they could even get out. And fucking Wilson is laying on the ground like, Melody's high. And everybody else is dead. And the paramedics come and save him. And I'm just like, damn, now you got to live with this guilt for the rest of your life. Um, And that's how the movie plays out. And to be quite honest, when I press play on this movie for the very first time, which is not this time, but the very first time, I, I thought it was a creature feature. I did not think it was going to go this route. 
Um, psychological thr thrillers are not purposely my bag. I didn't hate this film, but I thought it was interesting. And once again, I want a puka doll. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. No puka doll for me. I do like there's a black lead, lots of black characters. Not lots, but there are black characters. Um, and they're not the are you okay girl sidekick characters, which is very nice to me. That's great. I feel like the lighting is beautiful, but a lot of Christmas movies have great lighting in general because I love a red, blue, green, all kinds of fun light. Lots of themes of red and blue anyway. I wonder if the red and blue had something to do with the sirens he was seeing when you first, like, get in the movie also it's like dang the person who caused the accident always be the person who's like yeah i'm making it and everybody else who's minding their business is gone like this is out of control and i know that guilt probably broke his brain and that's why we we're experiencing the movie the way it's we're experiencing the movie because his brain is like nope that didn't happen i'm gonna create something else i can't i can't be that guy i can't even be that guy and he had to do something really terrible for him to reflect because when they're arguing, you can see him in the back with a puka suit on, like, don't listen to him. He's only doing this to make himself feel better. I'm like, now you want to reflect on your behavior? Now? Now? They're gone already. They're gone already, Wilson. Yeah. It's given a Christmas carol. Like, you're going through all this bullshit, and it's like you just keep living all the bullshit until you learn a lesson of whatever you got going on. So now we have to watch this character go through, like, this kind of, like, purgatory life lesson situation for them to piece together what all really fucking happened um, and as they make sense. And I, I'm so glad that they're going through this. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, we're going through this ride with them. I do like that there's a part in the movie where, uh, what's the guy's name? His name is Finn. When Finn is based, when Finn tells Wilson, because Wilson pulls up with the suit and he's getting weird about the suit, and he was like, there was never a doll. Like, they say it in the middle of the movie. He's like, there was never a doll. There was never any promo. There was never any suit. It's always just been you in this suit. Like, there's nothing else is real. And Wilson's like, what you mean nothing else is real? And I'm just like, that's interesting. Because they say it literally this one time, and then Wilson kind of starts spiraling with Melanie and Ty and all this other shit. And this is before he has to give the suit back up. And I'm like, well, that was an interesting slide in. But also that tells me like, okay, consciousness, present day Wilson is piecing or coming to terms with what all the fuck is actually going on. Yeah. Like I said, they had to recreate the situation for him to be like, it was me. It was me the whole time. The calls were coming from inside the house. Fucked up. But that's how that movie ends. It's really depressing. <laughs> It'll be so sad. I was like, okay, it's not the best to get to in the Christmas spirit, but it is good if you like psychological thrillers. The lighting's nice. The performances are pretty good too, so I'm not even gonna lie about that. I, again, interesting. Puka scary as fuck to me. I think that if you open your eyeballs and that motherfucker was standing in the corner, your soul would literally leave your body. Mine would. Yes, you're absolutely right. But if you were a small plushy toy size. Okay. And maybe you might glow eyes in the middle of the night. I will not be nervous because you're small and you're in my living room. Yeah, girl, you can have that. Um, now, the puka stuff does not stop because we get into puka lives. And also yeah, puka, the um, OG one was directed by uh, we, Nacho Vigalondo. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know why I'm saying his name, but I can't read it. But <laughs> maybe it's real small. It's all right. Saturday. You know. It's on here. I have not seen any of his other movies, but Puka Lives was directed by Alejandro Bu um, Bruges. And I feel like, nope, not I feel like I'm looking at his director stuff now. He did Nightmare Cinema, which I kind of enjoyed. And he has a short in ABCs of Death 2 as well. And hmm. he did uh, One of the Dead, I believe. So, okay. you know, 
Yeah, this is based on I'm looking at Letterbox. So Letterbox has the answers. Yeah, that's yeah. what it said. Watch Nightmare mm. Cinema if you like yes, anthologies. Well, that was definitely um, Nightmare Cinema. Cinema was fun. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked it very much. So I also liked uh, Puka Lives quite a lot. So it came out 2020. Again, it's also on Hulu. Uh, this one is not Christmassy at all, really. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think this no. one came out during Christmas time. But we follow Derek. Derek is driving. He's driving back to his hometown because he was writing a book and he was, I guess he said something about jacks that that motherfucker ain't like. And he has sent all of his minions on Derek. All, and it's on some stand shit. Like they figured mm-hmm. out where he lived. It's like if you say something about a certain, you know, set of internet fans we all know the elephant in the room Mm. but they will find your children they will figure out where you work at they will see if you had court dates they pull up your mug shot they will call Mm -hmm. your mama ugly they gonna egg your house they gonna do everything so you you know he said that now he's feeling the wrath and they literally got him they ruined his career so his book ain't sales so now he gotta move back in he had to take a little copyright a job he's back in there with his friends uh molly and, and matt they didn't let him live it i mean you know stay in the house so this is where he's at right now mm-hmm. and he's like oh we getting a job and his job is at the motherfucking sci where the motherfucking puka is the puka people they bought the rights because the movie doesn't start with him dropping the movie starts mm-hmm. with this girl not this girl this woman named ellie and apparently the husband coming house what the fuck happened you got i saw you on the internet bro you got kicked out of work by the security was what the hell they tried to change my doll and all the puka dolls is just laying here and she's sewing fixing some shit she got the puka mask on top of her head and her husband is like digging into her ass like what the fuck i'm gonna destroy all these puka dolls and shit like that and then um they're all like yeah pretty much murder 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 Mm -hmm. and she puts the mask on stabs up her husband with the scissors pours gasoline on herself and burns everything down i what a way to start the movie yes literally my thoughts what a way to start the movie you're thinking at first like this is like oh it was gonna be a jk psycho boo boo like when the movie ended i mean when this particular scene ended but it was not it was not. They held true to this lore the entire film, and I was a fan. And not only that, but the person who is doing all these introductions in the beginning, Ellie, she actually go to school, went to school with the main character we're introduced to next, Derek and all his friends, Molly and all them other children. Oh, Susan. Susan, they all went to school together, and they grew old because Derek returns back to his town, like Jasmine said, after, you know, they the internet people try to essentially cancel him um, because he, what of what he wrote in the book. And unfortunately, all of these people who are followers of Dax, who makes this guy that makes YouTube, YouTube creator who makes these videos and all this other stuff, they are really like D-riding, girl. They are doing everything that Dax is telling them to do. They are taking pictures of Derek at work. They are spray painting Derek's car. You found out the person that Derek directly reports to is actually someone who is in cahoots with Dax. Like you supposed to be professional in the workplace and your ass is doing YouTube pranks. Bitch, get out of here, bruh. This is a hostile work environment. HR ain't gonna do nothing because you know HR gonna be on the company side. Plus, Dax is like a young man. Like, I don't know if he's a teenager, teenager, but if he's an adult, he's under 25. Like, he's a young person. And the boss that um, Derek has to report to is also young because he makes that comment like, wow, you're you're really young and I gotta report to you. 
But also Matt O'Ass, who is one of his friends, watches Dax videos and be doing what Dax do too. So I'm like, okay, this coach, he was like, I want to stay trendy. Motherfucker, you are 43. You need to um, be taking care of your kid, doing motherfucking internet challenges, eating ash and spinning around in a circle with your I'm stupid ass. Please. This is dumb. This is really like, come on. You have to have the common sense to not do some of this stuff. A teenager, maybe. But you, you have a child. Go home and be a father. Okay. And stop talking down to your wife because she's spiritual. Because she really saved the day. If y'all would have listened to her to begin with, y'all wouldn't be in this goddamn situation. This is true. But also, I mean, that's true of people that be partying on the internet. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody think, you know, they could do whatever. They could say whatever. And that's how that thing go. But, you know, Derek and his crew of friends, they all come together, like Jazz said, and they come up with a lore about the puka story. They're like, all right, cool. We about to get this together like a creepypasta. We about to get this together. We about to say some stuff. We about to add some backstory. Bow. We about to put a challenge on this because y'all know people love a challenge on the internet. They gonna do some stupid ass shit to align with this wild ass story. And in this challenge, they gotta eat some ash. They gotta put on the puka mask and they gotta sing the puka duka song. And they gotta get out here and get crunked together. And that's how you do it. But then you realize, right, that Everyone is adding more to the lore. Awesome. Changing the story, blasting it up. Awesome. But what's not awesome is it's creating what all is really happening with the Puka. Like now that you've all created this entity, entity is now real. However, the brakes are cut, bitch. There are all kinds of things happening. Like Puka then gone from the regular degla Puka suit to now they got the Puka suit 5000. Like they got a real slick face. It's giving, it's giving, um, uh, West Cam- West Craven's new nightmare. How Freddy then went from regular degular Freddy to now super scary Freddy, and that is how Puka's looking. Puka had the regular degular suit to now Puka look like a shaved muskrat with like demon ears and stuff. It's getting crazy with like Bruh. little horns. I don't really know the shit. He, he first he all round and shit. He keep getting thinner and thinner and more man like. The claws get longer and longer as the movie turn up. Then he wearing these German shorts with the fucking suspenders and shit. He had no outfits on when he first started this. The internet is going like out of control changing the story up because you cannot it when you put any kind of bit of information out there the internet will take it and literally spin it into something else like playing telephone but you're playing telephone and it's like 50 million lines it's not like one circle and you get this one thing changed no it went through this line this line this down this line and it keeps on going and coming back around whatever gets more popular gets spread the most because if it's trending or if it's viral it's going to change the story more because more people are going to see it and believe it so it's going to be more powerful. Now, when they when they did this, they was like, all right, we just going to do this. It's cool. He posted it on like Creepypasta or whatever. It was, it's not getting no views. But he's fucking hungry for the fame. So he posted it, made a fake ass account because it was like Jack's fan something and literally put it on Jack's jank and he did it. And you know, if he did it, that meant everybody did it. So that's what created his hunk. His like, he wanted to be so famous or wanted to be turned up so much that he was like, Oh, I'm gonna make the story up and be right here. Then he was even in the bar, like the best story or the most popular thing I wrote. I can't even take credit for it. First of all, you ain't writing by yourself. So you don't need to take credit for it. Let's start here. Second of all, how, it's just a creepy pop, not just a creepy. I like creepy pastas, but also you, you know, what happened to your book is really unfortunate, but you need to relax. You need to, you know, you need to start thinking about next steps. Okay. I mean, you, once again, let's go right, rewind it back. You're so thirsty and hungry for the fame and for the power. Like you're of course, like, okay, I do get to a certain extent, like, wow, like the most popular thing I ever did, I can't even get, you know, credit for. But like you said, you didn't do that on your own. You and your friends came together. You created a fun story as a community, as a group. And really that shows a lot about you taking credit for what the team did. 
Like you're not even giving them like their credit, their due. They don't even, they're not even that fucking pressed about it, bitch. You are. This was something that y'all did as a group for some JKs and LOLs. And now you sitting up here trying to take all the credit and names for it. And once again, like, just looking sad on the internet. They eat you up every day. And instead of deleting your um, your Twitter page, you're not even tweeting through it. you just sadly reading the comments. you just out here in the comments. It's like, well, you know, okay. I'm going to just, you know, do exactly what they saying in the comments anyways and still hit the woe with me. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah, he was very. And then Susan, when he asked, well, Susan asked him out. It was like, let's go to dinner. And you, I realized, he's like, oh, Susan's in town. I feel like you and Susan broke up because you were pressed to go to New York City, get out your small little town. You were really upset about, like, not upset, but you wanted more. You felt like you were better than everybody because you ain't, because Susan was like, you ain't visit nobody. You ain't do nothing. You think you're going to get back on and go back to New York and it's going to blow over. You're, you can't wait to leave this town. I like this town. I like this shit. Like, what what's going on? You, you talking about us like we fucking whack and we supposed to be friends. And right. guess what? All everybody turned on you, and we did not. Got you a job and everything. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. There's one thing to have like a self-deprecation moment, but you straight up said "fuck everybody." That's supposed to be, you supposed to be cool with, and that's not okay. Like that's not cool at all. And so you see how they go through this journey. They how they get through this. How individually and as a community, they get rid of the puka situation, or do they? Because then you find out that it's really not gone. It's really not over. Um, and the saga continues. This is crazy. Bruh. So they was like, okay, it's out of control. They they done created this story. All the fans are like, we about to unveil the pukas. And all the pukas about to take over the world. They about to pop, start popping out the box and whooping everybody's ass. Problem. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of fucking gremlins running around. And gremlins okay, are that fucking... that new Chucky K- movie. That yes. standalone Chucky movie. Yes. Everybody's turning up. So... They were like, well, let's just change the you know, situation because Molly's like, it's a topo. You got to do this. We got to make everyone believe something else. So they changed it. It was like, we got to make silver bullet. We got to make something that, you know, will kill Puka. So they was like, look, if you go and kill the original Puka doll and you stab it, well, first they was like, burn it. But they was like, no, we got stabbed. You had to stab it for symb- symbolism. Then we could kill the Puka. Problem is, original dolls at the office. And they got to sneak in that bitch. They got to go get it. They got to stab the motherfucker. But then Puka is trying to whoop their ass. And at this point, he ain't got no... He got, like, the fur gone. Like, he nailed his whole body or got waxed. And he is in here with an outfit whooping everybody's ass. He looked like... um, What's that thing? The um, and From The Conjuring 2. The Crooked Man a little bit in the face. He reminds okay. me of the Crooked Man in the face with ears and big-ass eyes. It's so giving like, naked mole rat. It is. Holiday naked mole rat. Yikes. Um, and scary, because it is fighting. Mm-hmm. It is fighting for its life. <laughs> and they're trying to find the fucking original doll, which they do. Working as a team, they get the doll. It's like, yeah, we about to stab this bitch up. Or they do it. They stab it. And then it's like, it turns to ash, and you think it's over. You're like, yeah, it's over. We saved the day. Then they get on the internet, and they say, guys, oh no. apocalypse. It's trending because the internet, the change the story again, said, fuck that shit. It don't matter because they unveiled that shit. And when they unveil it, the puka is literally looking red. And the uh, manager dude who you hate because he's the worst asshole boss ever. He start getting his ass whooped. They can hear the people screaming downstairs. The puka starts shawling, shaking inside the fucking box like, oh, bitch, we about to pop out. And they're like, well, it turns into almost like a zombie situation. Not like zombies, but they all got their weapons. They like, bitch. Damn, I guess we about to fight the fucking puka dolls now. Let's get it. They all stand up as a fucking community, as a family with their weapons. Like, look, we about to we about to square up, which I love that ending because it kind of turns into like comic book. 
And I'm mm-hmm. like, I would have loved to see a sequel of this, of them going around fighting these little ass puka dolls and trying to control the Tulpa story to mm-hmm. where they can finally fucking end it. And it's going to be out of control because somebody, people like chaos. They're going to be like, no, Puka lives because they don't want Puka to fucking die. So right. they, they're like, no, we're not, we're t- rooting for Puka because we hate you, Derek. <laughs> we hate you. So fuck that. We would rather the world end via Puka apocalypse and let everyone else die. And I was like, oh, okay. I also like the joke that um, their friend, who's a police officer, he's there like, does he realize how hot he is? And he got his shirt down. Like, his shirt is open and his chest all out. And I'm like, that's, it's so, it's really campy. And it, I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like the relationship that the friends have. Like, even though, especially with the friend, um, who's the police officer? What's his name? Um, Not Amir. That's the general manager. Is that Benny? Remember- Benny, yeah, Benny is the police officer. I put became a fed. Benny Taylor. I like that they were, yes, yes, that is how I wrote my description box, became a fed. Because they were like, oh, he became a police. But I like that they're having fun. Like, he does his police job in the beginning because he makes a point about, hey, Derek, I'm pulling up with you because your car was reported stolen. And I clearly see it's not stolen because you didn't do it when they're talking about people trolling him and how they're clearly making his life a living hell. So when they fast forward and they're linking up as friends. Um, and they realize that they're eating um, hash brownies. And they're like, oh, these brownies is laced with that gas. And he's like, oh, no, I'm a police. I can't eat it. Fuck it. It tastes good. I'm having a good time. And he won't stop. He's high <laughs> as hell just eating the brownies. I'm like, bro, please. You're you cool, about, you, you about to be super high, bro. You got to stop. He's like, I'm never doing that again the next Woo. day. I was like, sir, they told you to stop eating the brownies. They're so good. Please. I'm he ate like four of them. That is and out everything of control. About is funny. He was like, "Yeah, man." He just laying on the couch, not moving, but eating. His eyes closed, but he is still chewing. I'm like, "This is okay, all right." I like their friendship connection. I thought it was fun. I thought it made the movie or the show, the episode, funny because although we're calling the movies, they're technically like episodes into the into the dark series, like episodes and installments that happen to be the length of feature films and each episode plays or plays around that a particular holiday coincides with a particular holiday for that month um so we talked about pilgrim on a previous episode um we've talked about just uh, a little bit about the valentine's day one on a previous episode about the down the elevator situation that was a journey and so I felt like Puka 2, Puka Lives was really fun, um, especially compared to the super dark ending of the first one. Yes, this ending was dark too, but it was more like a, on a lighthearted side with air quotes. Um, it was fun that it played around in the creepypasta realm. Like it talked about the Moo Moo doll and well, the Moo Moo story the on Moo-Moo. the internet. I called it Moo Moo doll. With a, girl, I Momo. don't know. When the, Momo girl, Moo Moo Momo, when they all had the face. <laughs> and it was like, ooh, girl, the girls was on the YouTube. And I was just like, they y'all were. just got to turn the internet off. Do you know we... We got a letter about that because that happened. What year was that? That was like that was definitely like 2019, 2020, right? Where the yeah, it was, was it happening. was recent. They sent out a literal letter to the community. It was like, hey, there's this video because you know people, our kids are impressionable. So I was like, oh gosh, not the internet hashtags making it to the community. Let us please think about it with Slenderman when that Slenderman situation happened and them girls harmed that person. Um, off that Slenderman shit, like. Once again, children and teens are very impressionable. So we're sitting up here JKing and laughing, but you know there are really people on the internet that take this shit seriously, or they're taking it. It's always one that's taking it to the next level. 
Somebody is always going to do the most. You know how you be in line for school, elementary school, and the teacher be like, all right, y'all be quiet. And then this one person that want to fucking dance real hard in the back and shit. And now you can't go to recess because that motherfucker can't stop pop locking. And now everybody <laughs> late for recess. That's exactly it. It's oh always one person doing the most. I'll wait. Now we send everybody waiting until oblivion <sighs> with bunny, with, uh, bubble mouths and bunny tails. And the person at the back of the line is literally like, hey, did you watch that new Paw Patrol? Shut your ass no, up. shut up. <laughs> we is trying to go outside. I can't swing on the monkey bars because you will not catch a fucking bubble. Be quiet. <laughs> now you didn't cut it to the recess time at 15 minutes out of 45 minutes gone. And I only got 30 minutes to look at the stars and shit, bitch. Leave me alone. That, I, that is so upsetting. <laughs> oh man it's always it's always one uh they were cut the fuck up but this like this little ending is so cute like not cute but i like that it's a comic book we're a camp comic book having fun this is not um as serious as the first one at all i really think that everybody should check this one out it's fun um i mean check out hulu into the dark in general because there are a few of them that are really good like pilgrim is a great time i cannot stop telling people to watch pilgrim all that we destroy is a nice kind of dark drama. There's a few others I, I, that are in there. I'm trying to think of the names of them. Cannot just go ahead and look. They got a subsection. You could just go on the Yahoo's or you can pull up to the episode and listen to it because we go through all the ones that come out at that point. They haven't made any new ones in a while, right? Yeah, they have not. Um, I'm not sure if this is something they just kind of like who fell to the wayward side. There was only a season one and season two. Um, and then the panty happened. So a lot of stuff was mm-hmm. kind of like shut down in production. So they might have had like other ones they wanted to do. And it just never came into fruition. So mm-hmm. very yeah. curious because I feel like even if it was picked up now, I would tune in. I watched just off the strength that I just wanted to know what else they were introducing for the next month. Yeah, I was definitely interested in what they wanted to see. Because, I mean, they didn't even always do the same kind of holidays. Or, you know, when we talk about April Fool's Day, there's only like four movies <laughs> that exist or five. And they did one of those, which was fun. And I was like, you know what? It didn't even have to be all with April Fool's Day. It could have been just something involving pranks, which it was a whole lot of dark ass pranks. And y'all know we hate pranks. So that movie grinded my gears. But I think that y'all should watch this. Puka, you might need a little emotional support because it's uh, really sad. But Puka Lives is super fun. Hulu Into the Dark is worth the uh, watches, worth trying out, testing some out. Check them out. And tell us, if y'all seen Puka, okay? And of course, it's still home for the holidays. Hey. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yes. We is in holiday season. Hey. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Okay. OJ Juice, man. Well, let's go. Yeah. Shout out to OJ Juice, man. Um, but yeah, check out some holiday horror. Let us know what movies you like. Let us know if you've seen Puka and Puka Lives. Which one do you like better? If you have mm-hmm. seen them both, you can pull up on us at Girl That's Scary on the Twitter and the gram. We don't know for how much longer on the Twitter because, um, you know, going downhill. Ooh, uh, but, oh, but, you know, Instagram is still here for now. Uh, you can also pull up on us at grltspod at gmail.com if you want to send a professional email. We also have a website, www.girlthatscary.com. And if you want to get vote on episodes like this one was voted on by our patrons, we have a monthly Patreon episode where you get to vote. So you can go ahead and join at any tier to vote. 
at www.patreon.com forward slash girl that's scary we got discord bonus episodes we usually put extra fun treats on there interviews videos just you know just just yep i do like treats pull up we got some content and there's content on there for the freeski so i mean there's always something new all right that you can access there uh yeah pull up on us and until next time, y'all, bye. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.